You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. Dan Delatory. Same corner, same time. Beautiful fall Monday, man. How y'all feeling? Y'all good? Never been better. It's a great weekend. Uh, had, a, had a good friend of mine in town from Atlanta. I uh, went to the Bucks game, went boating a couple days. Uh, got to see Jaden Hill totally redeem uh, everything that I've ever said on this podcast. So we can talk a little bit more about that. Uh, but otherwise, a great weekend here in Tampa. Beautiful weather. Beautiful elite weather here. Wait, you've always said that the season goes as Jaden Hill goes, though, right? Oh, I sure have. Right. And look what happens. You know, yeah. in an otherwise very ugly game, Jaden Hill – Save the day, man. Basically wins the game for the Gators. Right? Yeah, big plays. Yeah. You know, touchdown, interception, and another interception on, you know, the short field. So mm-hmm. you and Jane Hill deserve your so. flowers, man. Both of y'all deserve your flowers, bro. You're right. I sure do. I got tagged in I think about 12 tweets within about 30 seconds. Felt like a celebrity right after that happened. So mm. Nick, Nick, how's your weekend? Good weekend. Had um Godfather. Um, godmother in town, the fiance was in town. Um, so a lot of people at the house, sister was up, uh, full house last weekend and, uh, I'll have another full house this week. Is Zach coming in, uh, an LSU fan who's going to be making some jambalaya, some gumbo. So, uh, come find us on, uh, on Friday or on Saturday. I'll take him out, uh, with me Friday night. And then Saturday he's going to be cooking for Gator Nation. Um, He's good people, and the food's food's even better than him. You going to be going to the buff on Friday night? Where can people find you guys Friday night? Galilee uh, town. No, no. I, I mean, we'll see how uh, how bad I want to feel Saturday evening in in the press box. Um, but Friday we'll be at the Gator Collective event. Um, yes, sir. That's going to be a, a good time. So Gator Collective is selling tickets. Let me pull this up real quick. They're selling tickets to this. I think it's $25 um, for members, $30 for non-members. It's going to be at uh, Midtown Social. Um, So it's another tailgater event. They did one. I think, Corey, you were at that one at the the baseball stadium? No, I did one. They had one at Gator Walk. Oh, okay. Okay. So this is called the Rooftop. uh, Kentucky Ale. Oh, that's tough. <laughs> this is the uh, rooftop ta- tailgater. It's October 14th at the social at Midtown. They have rented out the entire top floor. Um, so you go up on the deck. You got a great view of the stadium. Wow. Um, drinks, food up there. They have uh, well, Social has a food truck. Um, that's from 5 to 7. Social starts um, uh, charging a cover and banding, um, I think, at like 9. But if you're there... At seven, you don't leave. You're in. You're in social for good. Um, a lot, obviously, not not gonna have football players there because they uh, have a game the next day. But um, several basketball players, Colin Castleton, baseball players, softball, um, gymnastics, some track athletes, a lot of uh, 
current for current and some former Florida Gators will be there. Uh, and I think Shannon Snell is providing food, maybe. Mm. Mm. So should be a good night. Gonna show uh show my buddy the uh the Gator Collective and then uh if we end up at White Buffalo, Zeke, if you're listening, holler at me. Show them how paying players is legal on and how to do it legally. Yeah, you, 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 know, you, you don't have to you don't have to steal from, money the children's from the children's hospital. Right. You, can, you, can, you can tailgate and do other things. You could do it the old-fashioned way. Um, the weather should be great. Uh, Gator Collective has been a big fan of a uh, big supporter of Stadium and Gale. Uh, we're a supporter of them as well. Uh, so go check them out. You can go visit like, GatorCollective.com, buy tickets, do all that. Um, if anything, if you're going to be in town, it's a great way to, uh, to spend some time. The weather is going to be great, uh, especially to be on that outdoor rooftop. If you've not been there, Midtown Social is a really great spot. Um, so, yeah, enjoy yourself and uh, have a good, uh, good time, Nick. Mm. Speaking of which, uh, the three of us, well, Nick, obviously, but the three of us will be in town uh, this weekend. So yeah, let us sure. know where you're going to be tailgating. Let us know where the best jambalaya and gumbo is. Make sure there's some vegetarian options, vegan options for, for Corey, uh, if you're going to offer it up. But uh, we'll be around. We're going to probably get are, in around noon. Yeah, we're going to be tailgate hopping. If there are any vegan options, we put you towards the top of the list and get the most visuals. Um, but I know my man Paul going to have some sauce for us, man, at one of these tailgates, man. Mm. Uh, Annie, we should see your face. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody, man, hit our DMs up. Hit us up on the timeline. If you have a tailgate, we hopping around. We shooting some visuals. A lot of fire content, Stadium and Gale style is about to get real visually. And shout out to Annie, uh, belated, belated birthday. Uh, Happy birthday, Annie. Sid. Um, my girl was down in the tunnel before the game. You see it. May or may not have you given the that. team a pep talk. May, may yeah. or may not be the reason that they won the game. She might have a brick. I don't know. Uh, no? Maybe. The bricks? In just a I'll few try. short weeks, you can see the Stadium and Gale brick installed at the Swamp Restaurant. The brand new Swamp Restaurant Talk will be it. enshrined forever at the Swamp Restaurant, Stadium and Gale style. Are they having a ceremony like uh, like they do the star in Hollywood for us? Oh, they should put a little yeah. red carpet out underneath it. Oh, yeah. not over, not over it, but around it. Um, highlight it, spotlight it, yeah. for sure. I'll ask. I'll, I'll just if, if they aren't doing it, I'll just do it. I'll just like show up on a Wednesday. Before they open, uh, right. bring bring Zach Albaverde and have him take some pictures for me. Maybe shoot it. Maybe it can be a next his next music video. Yes, love the ideas. Who all got a star? I want to know who all got a, a break at, at, at uh, any other podcast or just us? no, 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 just us, just us. Oh, I like that. I like <laughs> was that. that an exclusive yeah. deal, Dan? <laughs> yeah, exclusive deal just for us. <laughs> I like Check that. us out. It'll be in November. I got an email about it a couple weeks ago. In November, it'll be installed. Uh, to live forever at my favorite college bar besides balls. Mm. Mm. Uh, so if you have a tailgate, hit us up, man. Other yeah. than that, man, a uh, big weekend on the way. Uh, homecoming mm -hmm. was, was quite the, uh, the doozy. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's, as always, give a quick shout-out to Alan Horn. As always, if you are looking for insurance and now is as good as time in any to look for insurance, give Alan a call. He's a state farm agent out of Jasper, Georgia. Uh, if you're in Florida, Georgia, Alabama, or Tennessee, 706 692 
888-382-2888 or allenhorninsurance.com. And if you say, hey, Dan, I already have insurance, that's okay. It's free to check it out. Um, but again, 706-692-2888. You should always be uh, shopping around your insurance, uh, always trying to get the best rate and best coverage possible. Alan Horn with State Farm, 706-692-2888. Homecoming, like you said, Silk was this weekend. The Gators do beat Missouri 24-17 in an otherwise pretty odd game uh, that only saw the Gators pass for 66 yards. Uh, You saw Jaden Hill with two interceptions, uh, one return for a touchdown, but an overall not a super pretty game, not a super sexy game, but the Gators do uh, pull out a victory over Missouri, which if you've watched them over the last 12 years, anytime you can get a victory against Missouri is always good. But uh, from a high-level perspective, Nick Silk, what were your thoughts on the game? Uh, ugly, ugly affair uh, offensively to start. Uh, missed a lot of easily easy throws I thought we need to make just to get rhythm and things going. Um Run game, struggled a little bit, but we was able to hit some big runs. Um, so mm-hmm. the offense just started off very slow. Um, defense, of course, is going to struggle every game, but it seemed like we can't get both on the same page at the same time ever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, defense started off, they get a couple stops. Offense is sputtering in the beginning. Uh, once once the defense start uh, giving up a lot of yards and big plays, then the offense cranks up a little bit, man. Uh, just a, a, a young team. Uh, early in, six games into Billy Billy's uh, – Tenure, uh, just growing pains, I would say. Mm-hmm. Another game of growing pains. An ugly affair. Uh, Anthony Richardson's got to get better as a quarterback and mature along the season. All this is developmental, but my overall take is uh, more struggle at the quarterback position. Uh, easy throws that got to get made. Um, still monitoring the play calling. Not, not terribly upset with it because I know we need to execute better. Uh, some guy stepped up. Ventra Miller is, is a Sunday guy. Yeah. I know we, we've been talking about maybe he can't play three downs, but he just – He's just showing that he's like gotten a lot better and made a lot of money getting side out of sideline. He looks a lot faster, um, just everywhere Saturday. So um, happy for Ventrell, happy for Jaden. Both of those guys dealt with some injuries, uh, and just happy we got out of there with an ugly win. We'll get into some more details, offensive defense, but overall, an ugly win. Get out of there. What else? Uh, you what you got? Don't. Here? I mean. You have to put what Ventrell's doing into perspective also. Like, mm-hmm. first off, the guy's a psycho. Um, he's getting mad at Jay Bateman for taking reps away from him in practice because he wants to practice. But he's got a fractured foot, mm-hmm. which he needs to go to three days of therapy for and then get a shot to numb his foot to then play on Saturday. So he's he's playing with feeling in one of his feet. And everything Silk just said is right. So maybe you need to keep getting pain injections, pain injection shots every Saturday because he's flying around the field. Um, I just want to like put into perspective. Like Ventro Miller is when you talk about like uh, I don't love calling football players like warriors or soldiers. You know, going you can just call him that Win- guy, calling him Winslow. But yeah, my guy has pronouns. He is him. Um, and uh, I just want to put it into perspective. Like he is putting his body quite literally on the line. Um, and I think Billy Napier is trying to figure out if there's a, a way to get him a seventh year of eligibility. Man, that's the general. I think it was some stat that was spewed that when the deep, when he's on the field, uh, per play, I think the average goes down like six or seven yards or something crazy like that is the mm. difference. Um, but he's just a general of that defense. And it's just, I hope Shamar James and the guys that are sitting behind him are learning 
you know, how to line these guys up. And, you know, that's the most, most important thing because he's going to be gone. And outside of him, it gets a little creepy as far as the linebacker room. But, yeah, amazing day by Ventrell, man. Ventrell Miller is the Wi-Fi of the defense. You saw what happened when they didn't have Wi-Fi against USF. When they didn't have Wi-Fi against USF, no one knew what the hell was going on. And all of a sudden, the Bulls, who are a terrible football team, uh, Billy Napier has to come out at his post-game press conference and say they were good um, when they were Well, they gave Cincinnati hell this past week, which is another ranked team. Um, mm-hmm. They went down to the brink. I think Cincinnati won by four points or something. Yeah, with uh, a few uh, minutes left in the game, they scored a touchdown, yeah. Um, no, I thought uh, defense overall just uh, struggled. Um, you know, at the beginning, they, they, they did well. Uh, definitely a defense that relies heavily on Ventral Miller. Uh, you have a couple of key turnovers uh, by Jaden Hill. Uh, but ultimately, just just a pretty average pedestrian performance uh, by the defense. Again, you know, we talk a lot about it on, a be, you know, Ben don't break. Um, you know, they averaged, Missouri averaged just a hair over eight yards per play per drive, which is which isn't too bad. But again, gave up some chunk yards, gave up some uh, some big plays, big runs. But uh, uh, you know, on top of that, they're not getting any real pressure on the quarterback. Um, you got a couple sacks in the game. Sorry, let me take that back. You're getting some pressure on the quarterback during this game, but you're not stuffing the run. Uh, you're not really doing much at the line of scrimmage. A lot of second and third level work done by the Gators defense. Um, and that's certainly that something that has to improve uh, against LSU and, a, you know, against Georgia, certainly uh, two weeks after that. So um, otherwise, you know, Ventro Miller, Jaden Hill uh, had big games, but, you know, after that, just a, a tough game for the Gators on defense. Third down was the, the most egregious thing, I would say. Right. Uh, third 25, third and 17. Um, not enthusiastic about the DB rotation again. I know we had this previous with the last staff, but I don't know why we rotate DBs as much as we do. Um, but the third and 25, you catch 27 on the field, who I don't think is having like the greatest of years. Um, but if you got hot guys that are making plays, leave those guys on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, that missed tackle with third and 25, I just like it just can't happen. In, in college football in 2000 and ever third and 25 get the hell off the field you know and that's just uh, like i think we still got some old energy from last year uh creeping around a little bit but i think the first two downs you're putting the offense the opponent's offense in a predicament in a bad predicament it's third and long a lot but what are you doing what's breaking down on third down to give up that type of yardage is just like mind-blowing yeah the gators gave up a third and 18 a third and 15, a third and 18. I think there was another one, a third and 22. Yep. So uh, all in the fourth quarter. So um, obviously that's that's the situation you want to put offense in third and long, right? right? Especially with a terrible quarterback in Mizzou. All of a sudden he comes alive and he can hit third and long this season, man. So that's just discouraging. A quarterback that you know that's not good, that accurate, and that efficient on third and long. I, I didn't think the defense was that bad. I thought, you know, I mean, they first four third they started long. out they started out strong. <clears throat> the third and twenty two is literally just Jadarius Perkins has to make a a, a tackle in space. Um, probably easier said than done, but he misses a tackle. Guy cuts back inside and, and is off to the races. Um, it was like just, it was a difficult tackle to be made. I'm not like a D1 corner or nothing, but he was in position to make a, a fairly routine tackle. 
Oh, I thought you said it was a difficult tackle. I was like, ah, you just got to break down there. I didn't think it was. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, again, the Gators only give up, you know, 17 points on defense. Um, certainly. Uh, uh, and one of those was you missed a 53 yard kick. So you're giving, you're giving uh, Missouri a short field. Um, uh, right. On the first sure. touchdown draft. Yeah. Still give up 459 yards. Um, you know, 188 yards again on the ground. You know, they're still one of the worst teams in terms of stopping the run in, you know, not at just the SEC in college football. Let me see if I can get that that pulled up for you real quick. Uh, you know, but ultimately, you know, no matter how many yards or if they bent or, or break or, you know, if they only let up a certain number of points, it just – it still seems like the, the, the defense is still very much struggling um, in really all facets of the game except for, you know, Ventro Miller. And maybe a, a select few others. Yeah, Brent Cox don't care about the containment or the edge or none of our opinions about it, um, to say the least. He made a play for a tackle for loss, but mm-hmm. just at this point, like I was watching him uh, pretty much just go after like stats. Some of these games is discouraging as well. Bro, set the edge, do your job. You know, they sat him for a little bit, and I thought the defense played better when, better when he sat. But you just got to set the edge. And I think a lot of our run defense is coming from guys just not playing gap discipline, containment football that they've learned since they've been in, like, middle school, man. You got to contain the edge. And you got a running – you got a quarterback that can run in Jaden Daniels this week as well. Um, right. So that becomes right. uh, important when you add him into the running game. If I'm if I'm the OC, if I'm – if like, I just predicate my offense, a lot of it, like, moving the pocket – and getting on the outside off of Brent Cox if I need a big play, especially on third down, because he's going to pin his ears back and go for whatever tackle for loss right. and sack every third down. So I will just screen him on his side, do whatever, run on the outside of his side every time there's a, a third and long or third and situation I need to get. Yeah, the Gators were unable to get any tackles for loss on rushing plays during that game. So certainly uh, when you talk about contain and when you talk about being a one-motor, one-direction guy, um, you know that's certainly evident when you look at the – the stats from the game. Um, I thought Princely Uman Milan had a had a decent game. He had a couple of impact plays. Uh, you know, Gervon Dexter had a couple of plays. I know a lot of people have asked about him uh, in his performance this year, but I thought that he did uh, okay. Um, you know, not a ton of huge issues that I saw. Um, and I might be forgetting a few, so feel free to correct me both on YouTube or now. Um, huge issues with with safety play this week or um, in particular the one player that came back from a quote-unquote injury the week before. Uh, but just you, know, you just got to get a little bit better, a little bit stronger. Missouri's not that good of a team. Um, but uh, still walked away with a win, which is, I guess, all that matters. Uh, let's talk about offense. Uh, a little bit more Gators do um, throw for just 66 passes or 66 yards. Uh, pardon can I get, me. Can I get, I'm sorry. I mean, can I yeah. get one takeoff? I do want to get, um, get your takeoff. Now, both of uh, Jaden Hill's take, uh, interceptions, he was uh, had big cushions off the ball, mm-hmm. um, but he jumped routes. I think a lot of that that cushion stuff, we got to like know exactly what's being played because I just think there been a situation where we play off the ball and there's opportunities for us to jump routes and we just haven't jumped them. And you got to see mm-hmm. a guy that that's been watching film, Jaden Hill, Hill credited the film watching to him jumping that route. Um, but he was in a position to make plays. Um, it's, there, it's, it's easier to make interceptions and jump routes if you're facing the quarterback and looking at him. So 
I'm not mad at the cushion right now. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm mad at the execution at DB and the rotation at DB. Yeah, and then um, I found yeah, the were, Oh, go ahead. I think they were in zone there. Um, and and Brady just thought that uh, that they weren't in zone. Ventro Miller, if you go back and look at that play too, Ventro Miller in getting out to his zone, that clearly for Missouri was a timing, a timing route. Um, Ventro Miller runs into the uh, into the receiver, breaks the timing off a little bit, and and Jaden Hill jumps the route. So I think there's even stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet that Ventro Miller is doing. For sure. Uh, Gators right now 110th in the country uh, in run defense. Uh, Chris Sorley um, wants to correct me. Appreciate your donation. I don't think one can say Mizzou isn't that good of a team. They've been in every game to include Georgia. Uh, Got to give Florida more credit. Uh, don't necessarily – I uh, disagree wholeheartedly. I don't know if they've been in every game, uh, but I, I yeah. don't think the Missouri. Yeah. The Missouri well, yeah, but they, I think they get their teeth kicked in I'm, I, by Kansas State earlier in the season. Uh, anyway, regardless, I don't know. Yeah, they lost forty to twelve. Um, I don't. I don't think necessarily that Missouri is a, a bad team. I don't think that they're a good team, and I don't think what you saw out of them on Saturday, despite what the defense was able to do. Um, you know, at times at the beginning of the game, especially, I don't think that, you know, Florida really uh, made Missouri uh, too much of a worse team, uh, you know, or, you know, caused as many issues. I think that there, you're still a lot of opportunity for Missouri to win that game. However, I say all that to say that I don't think that Florida played a, a terrible game. There's certainly areas of improvement. We're going to talk about those, but uh, you always want to walk away with a victory. And, you know, no matter how good a team is or isn't, you get to play them that one time during that one week during that season. So, you know, Florida walked out with a W. Um, but I think that the term that the team that played Georgia the week before was a little bit better than the, the team that played Florida this week. So. Why do you say that? I think it's the same team. They 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 brought a great defense. Um, the quarterback played better versus us than they did against versus Georgia. And it could be our defense, um, but I don't think I'm with him. I don't think Mizzou's a terrible football team. That defense. Oh, I don't think they're dead. terrible either. The linebackers is it, it, for sure with it. Tyrone Hopper was everywhere. He mm -hmm. played a good game as well. Um, if they had better quarterback play, we probably would have been in trouble. But um, Mizzou is definitely not a terrible football team. They just trying to no. figure some shit out. No, I would agree. I don't think that they're a terrible team. I just don't think that they're very good. They're they're two and four uh, right now. Uh, losses to Kansas State, Auburn, Georgia, and Florida. Uh, they've got Vanderbilt, and then you know South Carolina. I think that they'll probably finish six and six. You know, season maybe a little bit worse. But again, not saying that they're a terrible team. But I also don't think that that Florida did a great job. Um, against them, uh, their defense is better. Um, I think that Florida missed a lot more opportunities on offense. Uh, by their own mistakes than than Missouri's defense, but uh, we'll talk. Let's talk a little bit about those um, now. Uh, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Alumni Hall. Go visit them. Are you in Gainesville this weekend? Uh, go drive by on Archer Road or visit them at alumnihall.com. Uh, new men's Nike pullovers and sweatshirts get you ready uh, for the fall and winter coming up, as well as blankets, new women's leggings and sweatpants so go check them out alumnihall.com or on archer road uh, at alumni um so let's talk a little bit about offense uh we'll talk about missouri's defense thought that the, the defense played uh pretty well uh you know for missouri's sake against florida florida does get uh through the game uh with only 46 uh 
scrimmage plays on offense uh, during the game, five explosive plays, uh, 66 passing yards, which is the fewest since 2017, and that 42-7 to loss that they had. Um, but uh, ultimately, running backs do pretty well. Gators do get uh, 17 points on offense. I did get a couple of missed field goals, so left some points on the board. Uh, but ultimately, uh, Gators, um, you know, offensive performance again. You know, we're riding this roller coaster week by week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Missouri game is always kind of weird, though. Like, you've, I think three of the 10 games now since they've been in the SEC have been one score games. But then you had that one year where Missouri had an opening kickoff return for a touchdown, punt return for a touchdown, fumble recovery touchdown. Um, they had like 109 yard, 119 yards and scored 40 points. Um, so you, you get out of the, you get out of homecoming with a win. Um, I, I do think Missouri's defense is probably better than we gave them credit for. Um, just don't really have a quarterback. Um, and, and wins are hard, obviously. You know, I said this last year after Samford. I was like, listen, you only get 12 opportunities, celebrate wins. Uh, but when you go down to the wire with Samford, maybe don't go live on Instagram. But celebrate the win. Um, so celebrate this win as well. you got to turn the page. Um, you've lost to two really bad LSU teams in the last mm-hmm. two years, including one whose coach was fired the Monday before the game. Uh, it wasn't public yet, but but was fired and had agreed to terms. So um, you got to find a way uh, to win this game. And, and listen, I mean, Florida's four and two right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm taking that. If we're talking in in June, July, I'm, I'm like, hey, that's that's good. I'm taking it. But now that we actually played the game, I know we could have won the mother two. So it's yeah. a little frustrating. But I am taking it. You know, uh, it's, a, it's year one. You're not gonna run the table. And go undefeated or nothing like that. But um, yeah, five and two. We're gonna talk about his offense a little bit, but I'm with you, man. Five and two. Um, I definitely take it. Yeah, no, I would I would you know, you can look at it the the opposite way too. Florida's on some razor thin lines right now in Correct. terms of uh you know being four and two or or maybe being two and four right now, right? Um Utah goal line interception and then you know obviously you need a a last few minute drive against usf to win that game but uh you know i i do think that you know florida you know is mentality especially on defense right now we talked about his bend don't break on offense you know silk you and i were talking about it or um Nick, you and I were talking about it right before we started the show. Is I'd love to see them put their their rushing attack and passing attack together in in one game and have one good solid, uh, you know, performance against LSU. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Anthony Richardson. There still seems to be something missing with some of the play calling. Uh, they're letting him sling. Uh, the ball, and then sometimes, you know, if, especially if confidence isn't there, if he misses a few passes, uh, you know, it seems like, you know, his ability to run the offense in terms of him, you know, moving his legs or, or, or truly uh, running the game as a quarterback and not just as a passer, just as a rusher, uh, we seem to be teetering on um, what we're doing each and every game here. So I, I still want to see him get a little bit more comfortable because, you know, if Anthony Richardson's firing on on all cylinders and Florida's offenses – or Florida's running backs, pardon me, are able to do the same – they should be able to produce a lot of points. They just we're, we're not seeing the two of them together just yet. I said on uh, roll up. I think he he processes the defense better when he's in shotgun versus uh, in pistol. Um, Dan mm-hmm. Mullen ran a lot more shotgun with him last year, and you, he can watch the field the entire time. If you play action, whatever he's doing, he can he can watch what the defense is doing. That pistol, 
he turns his head away from the field a right. little bit when he looks back up. Um, I think that's his struggle right now. I want to see him grow through it, but I just think he's pro he processes better out of the shotgun than he's doing pistol. Um, but I think that also being a pistol versus shotgun also affects the run game a little bit. So it's kind of like, you know, what do you do? Um, yeah, I, would like, I would like to see him operate out of shotgun more or just get better at operating out of the pistol. Either way, something's got to happen. But I think that's where the uh, a little bit of his uh, uh, you know, breakdown is coming. And also just Aaron throws. Like He just got to be able to make – he makes the difficult throws, but the easy throws, he's just not – they need to do swing passes for a good hour. Just let him throw swing passes for an hour, work on his touch with those passes because those some of those are there. He's just not hitting them. Or the, or the running backs catching them in, in awful mm -hmm. positions and not being able to run it in stride. So he's got to clean up a lot of his just basic stuff, man, get back to the fundamentals with those throws. Yeah, no, absolutely. Again, Gators only get, you know, 46 plays in the game. So, you know, uh, not to take away a ton, um, you know, Anthony Richardson does have an interception uh, in the game and he does have a fumble. On a tackle for loss, a true turnover. I'm not mad there. at the exception. Yeah, no, not mad either. Just, just in general. So you're you're taking, uh, you know, all of you know some of these plays out. You know, again, doesn't look pretty. Doesn't necessarily look like um, the quarterback that we saw the week before. But you know, the Gators were able to to take care of and get a lot of chunk yards uh, on the ground, and that included you know a couple of you know runs, especially one long run by Anthony Richardson. Uh, but with 252 yards of of rushing attack in the game, nearly, you know, nearly a first down every play uh, at 9.33 yards. Um, you know, we're able to really do a lot. And there's a, a stat that are, that's called highlight yards. And it's basically uh, yards after the offensive line has done their job. And the Gators got 139 of those uh, in the game. So I think that, you know, while we can say, you know, we want Anthony Richardson to get a little bit better um, and be a little bit more consistent, you know, the offensive line was able to carry them and then even pass the offensive line. They're able to make, you know, certainly a lot of yards, um, you know, on the ground rushing. They were struggling a little bit at first. I don't know if you want to jump in here, Nick, but the offensive line were, was struggling early on in the game with somebody. Like Mizzou came to play football. They were styled up front. Yeah, Missouri and Missouri definitely gave Florida trouble. I mean, Florida wasn't able to get, mm -hmm. weren't able to run between the tackles at all to start the game. I think Montreal had a big run. Um, ETN led Florida mm -hmm. um, with yards. <clears throat> um, Naquan was only had eight eight snaps, so was the. Uh, Third snap getter uh, in, in mm. that run, running back room. Really um, fixes some things, man. I only have him at five carries. Is that right, Nick? Eight, eight snaps, five carries, eight snaps. Oh, five carries. Okay, sorry. Eight, yeah, yeah. I, I was joined by the uh, the pro football focus, the snap counts. Mm -hmm. um, so had less snaps than, than uh, Johnson and ETN. Um, listen, you've got a bunch of good running backs there, but mm -hmm. um, Florida, Florida, I guess, figured some things out. I think there were adjustments made at halftime, which is is good to see. Um, the last half was really good at that. Um, and, and I don't know that Florida's necessarily been bad or hasn't made adjustments, um, but they've been terrible <clears throat> in the middle, in the middle eight. Um, so that would tell me that they haven't been doing, you know, making those adjustments. So, um, you lost the middle eight again this week, I think. Yeah, um, badly. But, uh, but I did see adjustments made to what Missouri was doing, um, the rest of the second half. Yeah, the middle eight, uh, that, those four minutes before halftime, those four minutes after halftime, Gators run nine total plays and, and just not good. It's not like Missouri controlled the middle eight either. Uh, it's pretty much a wash. Missouri played a little bit better uh, during those middle eight. But uh, 
if you look at those advanced analytics, which we know a Billy Napier and his staff does, the Gators only had one successful pass and one successful rush uh, during those nine middle eight plays. So, um, you know, ultimately not a great performance offensively, but again, a noon game against Missouri, a, a game that's always been wonky. Uh, you walk out with a W, walk out with a victory with an opportunity, you know, where now I think you're starting to see the shift of who's going to play more on offense. You're starting to see, you know, a lot more ETN, a lot more Johnson. You're starting to see, you know, I thought that there was some good route running uh, in the game too. It just didn't all click at one time. And, you know, that's gonna, that's okay. It's going to happen. You know, they're college kids. And one week you might, you know, light up the scoreboard and next, next week you might not. So, yeah, they got they, they just gotta get more, and that's gonna come. It's year one, but they just gotta get more consistent. And uh I still didn't think we played up to our level. So you're seeing mm-hmm. just a level of play. Like they're not they're not a team that could go play for the college football playoffs or nothing like that, but they're definitely not playing up to their highest potential, man. Um, uh, and we've seen that several times with the USF game, this game, even like um I would I would say the Kentucky game. We just didn't we're not playing up to our potential. When we play up to our potential, I think we'd be an undefeated team right now. So I just want to see that team. LSU is a team that struggled uh, versus Florida State. They struggled uh, um, this past weekend and got waxed by Tennessee. Uh, But we've been showing, like, quarterbacks have been having down years. The last few years, uh, quarterbacks be having a bad year, but when they come play us, they like all of a sudden they turn into royal beaters. I just want to see us play up top potential and and put a struggling team, you know, put them away. They're struggling offensively as well. so we'll see who, who, who can pull this out. But I like my Gators, man. Um, I think Anthony <sighs> – mentally, I think he's struggling with the moments, big or small, I think. You know, I think a lot of his game is mental. He's just got to get that. Quarterback, I think, is a lot like playing golf, you know, and, like, and you just got to stay on top of your shit mentally. And I think with mm-hmm. it, the moments are too big, it fucks with him. And I think the moments are too small – it, like his energy he's giving off is just like to me it's a little flat sometimes even if you're struggling mm-hmm. i think like his body language on the sidelines throws me off man you know uh, and i'm a big fan of anthony richardson but i think his body language throws me off if it's if it's a big game or small game i'm just not getting the energy that i want from him from the sidelines you know it, it gets a little flat is that you've seen it like on, are you seeing it on tv or we it's hard for us TV. to see from from yeah, our press box TV. i mean you be, You've been at games too. And I don't know. It's just hard for us to like see where he is at all times. Yeah, I couldn't um, see it at the Kentucky game because I was at it. But I, yeah. people were telling me on same on, on no cap that hey man, like mm, wasn't feeling the body language from him from a leader perspective. So I got to, had to go back home and watch that game and just watch him. I haven't been to any more games. Every game I watched since mm-hmm. then has been home. Um, when you when he's winning, the body language is great. But when he hits slumps or he's struggling, the body language I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? I think as a as a as a leader. He's got to understand that the team's watching you, fam. So, mm-hmm. like, you got to, you got to, like, just like a head coach got to stay somewhere, you know, even killed. He's got to get that part of his game where he's even killed. Even if you ain't a rah-rah guy like Tebow, bro, stay even killed. Stay stay on the same level. Don't get down. Don't get too high. Stay that guy. But I think he got to fix that part, the mental part of the game, man. Um, I don't think this is, like, physical struggles. I think he's just struggling with, like, the, the mental part of the game. Yeah, I go back after after games and watch them again, but I'm fast forwarding through, you know, trying to get to the next play, fast forwarding through commercials and through dead time. So I haven't really seen that. And then obviously from the stands, I'm not getting that, or from the press box, I'm not getting that view. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have seen people saying that, like his body language is this or is that. Yeah, I mean, he'll mope a little bit, bro, if it's not going right, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, just see him clean, yeah, I just want to see him clean that up. 
I think it's fair criticism. I'm not being too hard on me. Everybody knows I'm a big Anthony Richardson fan. Um, but I think it's a fair criticism as a leader, quarterback. You play in a position. The, the NFL is watching you as well. So I just think that's part of his game. He can make all the throws. Mm -hmm. So why all of a sudden he just misses an errant sweep, you know, like or errant uh, swing mm -hmm. pass? It's, 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 it's mental lapse. And mm -hmm. like, well, that, that pass to out then tunnel vision. But, but there's laps in focus. I think they get a little lackadaisical with just routine plays that we can score on that we're just missing. What, what, what are you about to say, Nick? I'm sorry. Well, somebody somebody said that he was skipping rocks to Marcus Burke, and, like, there was a guy in his face. Um, and right. He tried to throw a ball a certain way so it doesn't get picked off and go for a touchdown. Right. And you'd rather skip that to him right. than, than throw it directly into the face of a defender. Yeah, I think context is important when you consider that. And, and a lot of times, especially when firing off tweets, maybe tweets that'll get you blocked by the staff. Um, you know, a lot of times they miss context, right? Uh, or you don't see the full play, um, or you you don't realize that there's more going on, or or where that should be. Again, we you know we're making a lot of these observations again, not knowing what the plays are and where they're necessarily where they're supposed to be at all times too. So, um, you know, again, I think it's you know kind of like what what Silk said. I do I do think that his energy on the sidelines could be a little bit better, especially after you know tough plays and everything else. You know, I think that you know that energy and that excitement, people are going to look at you to see how you respond. And you know, Florida was able to to come back and score a couple times. You know, off of you know, some, some plays or some drives that didn't go well. So they, they definitely overcame some adversity at times. And, um, you know, but you want to see that a little bit more. Uh, Nick, I do want to ask you a quick question before I bring on our guest to talk about LSU. Um, kicking situation, you know, Florida does miss two kicks. I know one was, was what, 53 or 54 yards, so definitely a long one. Um, starting uh, a walk-on, Adam Milak, is that it? Milak. Mihalik. Oh, Mahalik. 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 Sorry. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> like Mahalo. Mahalo. Uh, I know that word well. Um, so, starting him, um, any reason or, or any thoughts on uh, Trey Smack or why we haven't seen um, the scholarship kicker? Uh, again, you know what you get told. Yeah. Um, I don't ask about the kickers a lot. <laughs> um, just, uh, just really just in punters. the dark. It's been a dark place mentally with only one punt the last 10, 10 quarters. So uh, it's been tough for me. Um, I, I don't know. I, Billy, we asked Billy about it. He said, Adam has made some good kicks for us. Um, he'll fix some stuff. Uh, obviously the one really long one. Um, I thought that one was blocked against Tennessee, but it might not have been blocked. He had an ugly one that looked ugly. I was almost hoping it was blocked <laughs> at, the, at Tennessee. Um I, I don't know. They, they've moved the kickoff duties. You know, um, Mahalik had uh, one or two kickoffs go out of bounds, and, and Trace Max been great on kickoffs. Mm -hmm. um, it's a lot easier, and it's a whole different ball game, kickoffs versus, you know, trying to kick a game-winning field goal. I don't have much confidence right now. Like, if if there's if Florida's down two points and you've got a 45-yard field goal on Saturday to win the game, I don't have a ton of confidence in, in Mahalik right now. Yeah, Mahalik uh, started the season three for three. He is 20 for 20 on extra points, but started the season three for three. Since then, uh, has only made two of the last six. He went 0 for 1 against Tennessee, 1 for 2 against Eastern Washington, and 1 for 3 against Missouri. Um, you know, I don't know if that you know warrants a change. I don't know what practice is like or anything else, but certainly um, I think with all of the success that Florida has had for the last, I'm going to say, 20 years, at, at place mm. kicker, except for those couple years in 2013, 2014 time. Uh, you know, Florida's been used to having a, a really good kicker. So 
Um, they, need again, special, they need a special teams coach or what? Yeah, not a lot of game changing happening. Well, well yeah, there great, is game yeah, changing, punt, just yeah, not for you. Yeah. yeah they did have a big return. punt return. First That's one. right, Nick. First one. You know, we got a whole season. We have a season we play here, Nick. We got one punt return. Titanic. It's been 84 years. <laughs> right? Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, let's get uh, our guest on. Uh, but before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends at Home Field Apparel. If you're looking for some of the best vintage Florida Gators uh, logos and designs or over, I believe they're up to about 70 different schools now. Go check out homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale. Get 15% off of your order. Again, homefieldapparel.com, Stadium and Gale, all one word for 15% off of your order. And with that being said, we're excited to add Jace Lejeune, who covers. Uh, LSU football, Jace, it's a pleasure to have you on this afternoon, my friend. Oh, it's definitely a pleasure, and we appreciate uh, – I appreciate y'all having me. Uh, and We know LSU and Florida is always a really good uh, football game, always a really good rivalry, so it should be a great one in the Swamp on Saturday. Yeah, we're excited. It should be a, a good game. Uh, Jace, talk to us a little bit. You know, obviously Brian Kelly comes in uh, this offseason – uh, notoriously uh, not Billy Napier. Um, so Brian Kelly joins uh, the staff this uh, this offseason. Uh, have a couple of rough uh, – have a little bit maybe of a rough start to the season with the loss to FSU in there. Uh, team seems to turn it around a little bit, gets ranked. Uh, does have a, a loss to Tennessee this weekend. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the LSU season uh, about halfway through so far. Well, it's been, uh, it's been up and down, uh, as you can say, uh, so far uh, this season – and it's just really been a definition of, of this season for LSU is really the first half and second half. I mean, you look back the first half uh, against Florida State, it was not pretty. Uh, but in those games against Florida State, Auburn, and Mississippi State, those were not pretty first halves for the LSU Tigers. But I do give credit to the coaching staff for making a lot of adjustments in the second half. LSU almost came back and defeated Florida State. It took a, a, a blocked extra point at the end in order for them not to have a chance to go in overtime and perhaps even win that football game. But they started – I mean, they ended the football game really strong against Florida State. And then Mississippi State. You look at Mississippi State this year, and they've been pretty dominant all year long except one quarter, and that was against LSU. When LSU outscored them uh, 15 or 14 to nothing in the fourth quarter and got that victory, it was a dominant – it was definitely the best quarter of the season for the LSU Tigers all season long. And then the Auburn game on the road, LSU was down 17 to nothing. And they produced to them, they come back. And uh, Matt House did a great job of making adjustments in the second half. And LSU came back and fought through and won, won up, I guess, not a pretty football game, but they ended, they ended up winning uh, the football game, being on top at the end. So LSU has done a great job of bowing through adversity and overcoming a lot of those deficits. But you could not have that happen against a tennis. Tennessee football team that was rolling and it was the same song and dance all year LSU gave up a big lead right at the start of the football game you muffed the open kickoff uh, you give Tennessee seven points about a minute into the football game and then also you you go three now on the offense you punt the football to Tennessee they get a 59 yard return with their punter making the tackle and then again add three more points on the board so four minutes into the football game you're looking 
at the scoreboard and you're down 10 to nothing against a Tennessee football team that's really rolling. So slow starts have really played this football team. Slow starts and special teams have really played this football team all season long. What um, What is going on? Uh, obviously, Jaden Daniels um, is a starter. What is going on at the LSU quarterback position? And, and what is Jay, what has Jaden done uh, well this year? Well, he's done a great job, especially in that Florida State game earlier this year, of escaping trouble. And really, in that Florida State game, you had a freshman left tackle making his first ever start. You had a whole new offensive line that was playing in the first ever game. There were not – Really, besides the receivers, we got Kayshawn Boutte and look at some of the receivers that they had. That was pretty much the only real experience that was coming back from my LSU offense year before. So not really a lot of continuity. And really, Jaden Daniels was just trying to make plays on his own, running the football. As you all know, he's a he's an elite runner, and he can move the change with his legs and make some plays with his legs. And he's been an efficient passer. But I think this year what's really uh, hurt this LSU offense has he hasn't been really decisive and taking a lot of deep shots, really taking a lot of deep throws. And all offseason long, a lot of people were bragging about how talented LSU's wide receiver core is. You look at Kayshawn Butte, who everybody was talking about being a top five overall pick before the start of the season. And it took the Tennessee game late in that Tennessee football game to get his first receiving touchdown of the season. So he just hasn't been aggressive throwing the football downfield in fact he only had 150 yard plus completion of the season and that was in the game against new mexico so he hasn't really been aggressive throwing the football down the field he has been efficient and he has been able to make plays with his legs because he's an elite athlete elite runner but he hasn't been aggressive throwing the football down the field and that's where you really have an advantage a lot of times with a lot of these great receivers around you you think that's from a lack of uh I'm sorry, real quick. Do you think that's from the, him him not throwing the ball down the field? You think it's from a lack of uh receiver separating or confidence on his behalf? It's it's a mixture of both. Um, because there are some times and we have a we have a good view of, of the press box. There are a lot of times that there are really open receivers and he just doesn't see them and he and he just sometimes the first second read wasn't there, especially early in the season, the first and second read wasn't there. He just takes off and runs and then receiver breaks in late or it's just really been a combination of a couple of different things. And sometimes he really, with a new receiving core, a new team, he's trying to get confidence in these guys and he's trying to really learn how to play with these guys. So I think it was just really a mixture of that through the first couple of games. Now, I thought this past Saturday, there weren't a lot of bright spots for LSU against Tennessee, but I mm -hmm. thought he was more aggressive throwing the football down the field against uh, Tennessee's defense. They just – they moved the football. Like they were smoked. Yep. <laughs> they, they moved the football when uh, – inside the, between the 20s and everything. But when they went in inside the red zone, when it was third and fourth down, that was when they absolutely struggled and it showed. So it's just a mixture of a couple of things. Receivers not really breaking open some plays and him happen to making a play, but also him sometimes not recognizing that his third fourth receiver was open. Yeah, uh, sounds familiar. LSU has an unbelievable receiving room and nobody to get in the ball. It feels like I've seen that uh, or read that book before. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's, uh, there's a lot of great receivers, and you look at it. I mean, LSU's always been known for the receivers. Even look back mm -hmm. at the Les Miles era when they couldn't run, they couldn't throw the football, and they had great receiver talent there. And, and it's the case this year, but I think a lot of people were pointing to Kayshawn Butte's struggles 
Mm. Well, there are a lot of mouths to feed, too. I mean, it's not just Kayshawn Butte. Uh, Malik Neighbors has been the leading receiver on this football team. Brian Thomas is a freak of nature, and I'm sure y'all won't get a chance to see that Saturday. I mean, he's six foot four, 200 pounds, and he's a long strider. He, he has all the physical attributes. And then you have a guy, Jack, Jack Best, was a leading receiver last year as a freshman for LSU. Dre Jenkins has been a senior that's played a lot of big moments and actually was the player that won the football game, scored a game-winning touchdown against Texas A&M last year in that game. So there are a lot of really good receivers on this football team, but it's a lot of mouths to be feed right now. Hmm. What, um, what has, I thought personally, um, and I've had um, some friends, family members that played uh, in Brian Kelly's program, so I'm not a big Brian Kelly fan. Um, just from that standpoint, but I always thought that was a terrible culture fit. And, and granted, you're six games in. Um, I looked really smart when he came out and said "family." I was like, "Yeah, told you it's a bad culture fit." But what what is the general thought behind Brian Kelly from LSU fans, from the people in Louisiana? Uh, and obviously, Florida's going through the same thing right now with some struggles in the first year, which is to be expected. But just what's the general thought behind Brian Kelly and where he's going to take the program? Well, the general <laughs> thought about this LSU fan base is really they don't care where you're from. They don't care you're from planet Venus or Saturn or something like that. As long as you can win them football games, uh, that's really the main key. And this is, this is the first time that we have that LSU has had somebody come in from, from somewhere else. When you look at Nick Saban, I mean, he he wasn't, it, everybody was talking about not really being a culture fit there, uh, but it took a couple years for him to really get that program going. Uh, really, it's just it's just about winning football games. That's what it comes down down to, and they don't really care uh, where you come from as long as you're helping winning football games. That's what it matters most. And uh, wow. I, there was it was still getting some used to with, like I said, the family stuff, and then the TikTok dances with the recruits, and mm. uh, a lot of stuff going on like that. Top tick cringe, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely was. It was definitely cringy to watch. Um, but knowing this, like these LSU fans, they want to win. I mean, it's, there's no doubt, and they spend a lot of money and resources to win. Uh, so it's just, it, can the guy come here and get it done? That's really what it matters. They, they do care where you come from. They won't hire a coach from Southern uh, or from UL. Um, mm -hmm. But other than that, yeah, I, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, it, it, I think it'll be an interesting week. There's a lot of guys, um, Billy Napier included, on staff that were on staff at Louisiana. Um, right. Obviously, Corey Raymond, who was, right. played at LSU, spent his entire career at LSU, um, had – no thought in my mind that I ever think because every time Florida was looking for a new coach, it was, Hey, can you get Corey Raymond on staff? I'm like, why would he leave LSU? Um, so that was a big shock to me, but it should be a big game for Florida, at least on Florida's side. Cause there's a lot of guys from Billy Napier's UL staff um, and guys who have spent their entire careers in the state of Louisiana, like Jabar Luke um, mm -hmm. as well. So I think right. it'll be a big game for Florida. Um, and it's always a big game. because It's a rivalry and temper, Temper your uh, your heartbeat. You know, slow down your heartbeat because uh, I think this is a game that you know could get away from you if, if you're not playing um, if you're playing emotional. Exactly, and we we've seen this game. No matter who's really the heavy favorite coming in or who's the better team, this is the type of game that's always going to come down to the wire. I mean, in fact, even the less miles games, 
a couple field goals, fake field goals here and now and then. So it's just, it's just that type of football game. And like you mentioned, uh, with the coaches, with Billy Napier uh, coming in, had the Louisiana uh, ties, obviously coaching the Racing Cajuns and, and Jabbar Jaluk. He was a high school football coach in Louisiana. And then you look at, yep, Corey Raymond, who's been on the staff for a long time at LSU. And some of the players, I mean, the running backs uh, for Florida, for y'all. I mean, Montreal Johnson, he played football at De La Salle High School in New Orleans. And then Trevor Etienne, he played at Jennings High School in, in, in Louisiana. So the Beat players, the boys, it means it means a lot to, to the players. And I know Florida's going to give everything that it can. It, it's like – LSU better be ready and prepared because Ford's going to come in with their best punch. I think it's going to be a loud and ruckus uh, uh, stadium. Um, and I think our defense need that because our defense has been terrible. Uh, what is your commu- communication like? I know your offensive line has been struggling. So what's your mm-hmm. communication like and what's that? Uh, uh, how you see that playing out on the road in the Swamp night game? You know, the LSU offensive line took a big hit uh, this past week. And I think a lot of it had to do um, just with what happened with the freshman left tackle, Will Campbell. Will Campbell's a five-star, highly talented, and has settled in pretty nicely at left tackle. That's not easy to have a left tackle out there on an island against some of these elite SEC defensive ends. And he's he's handled his own, and he's played some really good football. And then the Friday before the Tennessee game, he has a, he has a medical scare where he just passes out, and uh, he had to be taken to the hospital. And obviously, he didn't play in the Tennessee game, and then Garrett Dellinger during the Tennessee game, who's your starting left guard, and arguably your best offensive lineman, he goes down during the Tennessee game. So right now, the whole left side of the LSU offensive line is is kind of up in the air right now of what they're going with. Is there an update on either one of their healths? Either. Well, it, it's good news for Will Campbell. And uh, so he's actually going to be released from the hospital. I think about an hour ago he was released from the hospital. Okay. So it's good news, and it's good for him just health-wise, that he's okay, he's good, and he's going to be fine. There's still a hurdle or two before LSU really decides what they're going to do with Will Campbell as far as playing this Saturday. But the good, there is good news with that, and LSU is hopeful uh, for Saturday. As far as, Gar- as far as Garrett Downger is concerned. Does he have a head injury? It, it was really more due to like dehydration. Uh, it was just one of those instances where they didn't want to really risk it for Saturday because they, they're not sure if it was just dehydration or it was something else to it. So LSU played it safe there, and kudos for LSU to, for doing that, knowing sure. that it was the young man's health on the line. You don't know what mm-hmm. other circumstances there could be. But that's what was really the case for that as far as not him, as far as him not playing on Saturday, and then Garrett Dellinger, as far as what his update is, he's not going to play this week against Florida. He actually won't be back until probably the Alabama game is what they're is what they're hoping for. So he's going to miss this week against Florida. He's going to miss Ole Miss, and hopefully with a bye, he'll be back for the Alabama game. Um, on paper, if you look at the the stats and everything, you know the, the game is the teams are are pretty close. So, you know, in a lot of the offense and defensive categories. But one of the things that I did notice, and you know, it's it's topical based on what what you were just talking about. Um, LSU's averaging uh, allowing about three and a half sacks per game. Um, the backups are, are the folks that are going to replace them. Obviously, I, you know, I know that you'll one came in on short notice against Tennessee, and the other one had to be replaced mid game. Uh, 
quote about the the strength or your offensive line in general, not just replacing those two, but you know, Florida's been able to to create some havoc. Not necessarily get maybe the, the number of sacks that they they've wanted thus far this season, but definitely be able to to create some havoc there um, from their edge rushers. But talk to us a little bit about the the offensive line. Well, this is going to be the sixth different combination all season oh, wow. long with these guys. So it's definitely been some musical chairs all season long with this offensive line. And before the Tennessee game, this was when LSU was feeling great, finally, all season long, because they felt like that they settled in with Will Campbell being a left tackle. You actually have two freshmen playing left tackle and right tackle. Emory Jones is a freshman, too. Now another highly talented freshman, but a freshman to say the least. Yep. So, but LSU has selling those two guys playing really well on the outside. And then on the inside, they made a change with Charles Turner to, to play at center because De- Garrett Dellinger at the beginning of the year was playing center for LSU, and they felt like that Charles Turner was the more true center. So they put Charles Turner at center and moved to Garrett Dellinger at left guard. And the reason why Garrett Dellinger, who never played center before before this year, was playing center because Brian Kelly wanted – the big guys playing center when you got those 340 pounds, 350 pound nose guards right on top of you. Well, Garrett Dellinger is a more physically imposing guy than Charles Turner is, and that's why they wanted Garrett Dellinger at center. But they moved him to left guard, where he was more natural at. And then Anthony Bradford's playing at right guard, and it seemed like that that was your five. And then the Tennessee game happens with. Campbell not playing, and then Dellinger get hurt, and now you're pretty much back to square one right now. Uh, one final question. I want to ask you a little bit about the defense. Um, defensive line, uh, I know you have some a lot of seniority there. I know you guys start a couple juniors in a, a Allie Gay, who I know has been there for, for quite some time now. Um, their ability, you know, what have Florida's strengths for the most part this season has been at the offensive line. Um, how, how is the, the defensive line for – uh, LSU stacking up right now? Well, their front four, I mean, they're really good. Uh, and actually, the first game of the year, it was tough because Mason Smith was a player that everybody was expecting to have an all-SEC, maybe even an all-American type of year this year. And then he goes down on a on freakish celebration play. Like, it was just uh, – it wasn't like he was over-celebrating or anything. Like, he just jumped in the air and land on his knee pretty awkwardly, and then, boom, that's that's the season for him. So it was really rough but uh, for him, and surgery is actually doing really well for him. So he's actually rebounded pretty well, quite nicely uh, so far. But uh, behind him, Makai Wingo is a guy that came in for Mason Smith. Makai Wingo is uh, one of the transfers that, that Brian Kelly – came into the program there are a lot of transfers from what he signed and, and they really needed to because LSU only had about 60 uh scholarship like 40 scholarship players so they only had 40 scholarship players when he took over the head coaching job wow. so Makai Wingo has been one of those transfers from Missouri he had an all SEC freshman type of year and he's filled in quite nicely and he's, he's been pretty solid uh, for LSU up front in the middle of the defense and then you add in BGO Jawari who who can really play himself into a first round pick this year uh he's that type of player and obviously his brother who's playing for the new york giants is doing really well so he's a great ed rusher for for them and then jaquan roy's been pretty solid too and he's he's been a really good uh 
player up front for the defensive line and actually made one of the most, I guess, like unrecognized plays throughout the season was when uh, during the Auburn game where their quarterback, Auburn's quarterback, Robbie Asher, had a big lane, looked like he was going to get a 30, 40 yard pickup. And all of a sudden, like nobody was in front of Asher. And then he makes a play to, to trip him up. And that could have really saved the game for LSU. So this defense line has been really good. They had an off game against Tennessee. They gave some big runs in the running game, which really surprised me in that football game, some big gashes in the running game. But that defense, especially the offense struggling, uh, and they were putting some tough situations, whether it was the special teams or the, the fourth down calls, that LSU's coaching staff was really aggressive on some of these fourth down calls, trying to compete head-to-head with a Tennessee offense. So it made it really tough for this defense all game long, and they just got gassed towards the end of the football game, and it showed. And I know another name that's topical for Gator fans is Harold Perkins. Um, you know, again, Florida and LSU go down, uh, you know, down the wire for for his commitment. I think Texas A&M was involved in that one as well. Uh, but uh, looks to be having a, a pretty solid year so far, definitely in a rookie campaign. Um, how, how has he been for you all? As a freshman, and LSU's has some really good linebackers come through the program. I mean, just recently with Devin White and you got Debo Jones. I mean, there are a lot of really good linebackers that come through Patrick Queen. Um, but there are a lot of great linebackers that come through this program. And at this point, as a freshman for Hale Perkins, he has outplayed those guys and is way ahead of those guys when they were freshmen. So – I'm not sure where Harold Perkins is going to be in the long run, but he is going to be a special player for LSU. He's been really good, and they really need him to play a lot. Now, one of the biggest question marks that really the media had after the LSU lost to Tennessee was that Harold Perkins didn't really see the field that much against Tennessee. And, and really, for Harold Perkins, he was that that dude on the defense for him. Uh, in a couple of games, had the interception against Auburn, had a couple of sacks against Mississippi State. He was playing a really good football, all-SEC-type football for him for LSU. But really with the scheme that Tennessee was playing and that Harold Perkins will have to switch positions and the way that Tennessee is so quick, you know, with their tempo and playing in plays and running football plays, it made it hard for for really LSU to put in Harold Perkins. And so that was really the what Brian Kelly told the media uh, today with his press conference. But he did say that Harold Perkins is going to play a big role in, in the Florida game and that really playing against the Florida offense helps him or suits him a lot more. So Brian Kelly did say that that Harold Perkins will play a whole lot more football this Saturday. How do you feel about your good. special teams unit? I know your special team oh. unit has been abysmal. Our, has, our kicker hasn't been the greatest, but um, how do you feel about special teams and what did Brian Kelly have to say about like this past weekend's um, debacle? Yeah, uh, as far as special teams go, it's been something different. I mean, it's been something different every week um, with, with special teams. So it's not like you can just point to to one thing on special teams, like, oh, yeah, we need, a, we need a sure up or field goal protection, or, yeah, we need a sure up or punt return situation. It's been a different thing that strikes them every single week. The Florida State game, it was obviously the two muff punts by Malik Neighbors, and then getting the field goal blocked, getting an extra point blocked, that obviously cost LSU in that football game against Florida State. They sure up field goal protection. I have to say that. That's been a lot more sure up throughout the whole season so far to this point. But right now, 
they did find their punt returner in Jack Besh, and that's really been the most disappointing thing was Jack Besh was the kickoff returner, and he's as sure-handed as anybody out there. And he was the one that that fumbled the opening kickoff against Tennessee. It took a short kick, and Jack Besh was trying to run it out and trying to trying to make room to get the kick, and it just he couldn't catch up to it at the time. And Tennessee was able to recover it, and really punt return coverage has been really tough. For LSU, they gave up some big returns against Mississippi State. They gave up a big return early in that football game against Tennessee. Their punter, Jay Bramblett, say, had two tackles this year. So that's not mm-hmm. what you want when you're trying to run down punt returners. But Jay Bramblett has saved two touchdowns. And Emory Jones, who was a starting right tackle for LSU, was the last guy to beat when tackling Mississippi State's returner. And when mm-hmm. you have a starting right tackle and your punter, saving six points for you on special teams, that's not a good sign. Yeah, we're going to change subjects before you get Nick too excited. Uh, anytime you can bring in kicker stats, he's, uh, he's pumped <laughs> up. Uh, Jace, before we get you out of here, what uh, what's your prediction for, for Saturday? It's a Saturday night game in the swamp. Um, what, 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 do you, what do you think happens? What, what does LSU need to do to win this game? That's a better question. Okay. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, as far as LSU and what they need to do to win this football game, well, it's something they haven't done all year, and that's start off game strong. And when you're going on the road against a hostile in a hostile environment like Florida, you have to start the football game strong. And LSU hasn't been able to do that. So they need to really take advantage of starting games off strong, not keeping the crowd in the football game. And they really need to do that coming off a loss like they did against Tennessee, where they were embarrassed, they were blown out. So just really from the brow of the team, they really need to get going early in the football games. Now, give credit to LSU. I think what I've been uh, really – what I like so much about this year's LSU football team is that they battle. And in the fourth quarter, they play their best football. They play their best football in the fourth quarter against Florida State to give them a chance. They play their best game against Mississippi State. That's really the only bad quarter Mississippi State has had all year long. And then the Auburn game, they shut out. Auburn in the second half after being down 17 to nothing, but they need to start off game strong and then take that into the fourth quarter with how they're able to finish football games. I feel like their strength and conditioning has been really good this year, but they need to be more effective, more efficient and, uh, and actually stopping, stopping Anthony Richardson and the running game and force forward to, to, to beat you through the air. I mean, you cannot let, Anthony Richardson, these great running backs at Ford. This offensive line for Ford is really good. You have to allow them to beat you through the air, and you have to stop the run first. And then for LSU, offensively, uh, they need uh, to get these receivers going. And you'll probably do a lot more seven, eight-man protection just because of the struggles the offensive line has had and the way the offensive line has really shifted around. So it's going to be really more emphasis on these receivers since there's so many great receivers get your best three guys out there. If you have to go seven, eight man protection to help out, then that might be the best way for this offense to move the football. I like it. <laughs> Thank you, Silk. Uh, Jace, we appreciate your, your time this afternoon. Uh, I know we put it up on YouTube for everybody, but everybody listening on podcasts, let everybody know where they can find you. Yeah, so uh, I work for a gridiron football um, LSU's beat Ryder for them and also cover a lot of high school football uh, for them too for Louisiana. Um, so make sure to follow us uh, at Gridiron Football 
And you can go to our website at gridironfootballusa.com. And we actually have a lot of interns that, that help us out. And we're trying to branch out and cover a lot of high school football and college football a little bit more, not just LSU in Louisiana. So make sure to give us a follow at Gridiron Football and then go to, go find, find us at gridironfootballusa.com. And during the week, I actually host a uh, show with a former LSU quarterback, uh, Marcus Randall. We threw the Bluegrass Miracle against Kentucky, and we host a weekly show talking about LSU football. So it's called The Chase with Jace. So a pretty catchy uh, name there. So uh, it's on Gridiron Football's website as well. So make sure to go to gridironfootballusa.com. And uh, we have great LSU content, great like, articles throughout the entire week covering high school, college football. So go to gridironfootballusa.com. And make sure to follow me at, at Jace Lejeune on Twitter. Awesome. Well, Jace, thank you so much for your time this uh, this afternoon, and we'll uh, look forward to uh, seeing you soon. Thank you all, guys. I really appreciate it. It was an honor to be on. Absolutely. Uh, thank thank you, you so much. Shout you a follow, Jace, man. Have a good one, my dude. Y'all too. Y'all enjoyed the game. Thanks. So, I'll Jace let you know. We'll, we'll see if I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> let you know next week if we enjoy it, right? Right. All right, let's uh, let's shout out Dome Hats real quick. Visit them, domehats.com. Use promo code STADIUMGALE. Get 15% off of your order. Every single week we are doing hat giveaways. A number of you guys have uh, have won uh, just by simply retweeting uh, over there on Twitter. So give them a follow on Twitter. Give us a follow at Twitter uh, to be able to be eligible for that. But Dome Hats, uh, Gainesville-based – or uh, pardon me, Jacksonville-based, two former UF football players started. Uh, the Stadium and Gale hats that we got were made by Dome Hats. You can get a bunch of great stuff. Uh, you guys have seen uh, a lot of them. You've seen the Goat Visor. You've seen uh, the Quez – Redell, ICAT, but go visit them, domehats.com, Stadium Gale promo, uh, best hats for any Gator fan, but uh, they bridge a lot more than just Gators football. So go check them out. All right, boys, uh, quick, uh, before we dive into uh, – well, I guess let's just dive into the LSU game real quick before we we jump back into uh, buy or sell – uh, any thoughts on uh, this game that uh, you weren't able to to get across with Jace? Uh, I do think we're going to have to contain the quarterback. Uh, Jane Dane's one of the best uh, mobile quarterbacks in the country. I think he's like top five in rushing yards. Um, and he is a, a, a first read, not there, I'm out of here type of guy. I think uh, AR can learn a little bit of that from him. Um, this game may come down to what quarterback can scramble and make the biggest plays with his legs. That's my my take, man. Um, both quarterbacks could struggle. I hope our quarterback don't struggle, but um, if history repeats itself a little bit, both quarterbacks can struggle a little bit, and whoever can make the biggest plays with their legs could win this game. Jane Daniels is seventh in terms of rushing yards by a quarterback. Um, nine ninth, ninth in the country. I shot that from the hip. I didn't even look it up. I just not, figured not he was bad. up there. Um, yeah. You got a couple guys. KJ Jefferson, obviously, there. Um, Larry McCammon is up there. That's the name. John Rice Plumley uh, at UCF. Heard of him. And uh, Malik Most Cunningham twice. at Louisville. And Adrian Martinez at Kansas State are the two at the top. The I, don't know good, I don't know if that's good uh, uh, company. Some of them are. Hey, Adrian Martinez is pretty good company, but outside of that. he's had a wild ride uh, from Nebraska to get to Kansas State and finally playing some good football. Um, but back to this game, back to LSU. Uh, yeah, 
I'm working on a story. It, every, this series has been weird ever since Hurricane Matthew. And obviously that whole thing was weird. Cancel the game. Then, oh, we have to play the game because if we, stole one we don't year play, we can't I thought go. we were going to lose that. We did. Shout out what, Caleb Brantley, right? No, I think uh, – uh, no, uh, uh, what's my name? Vojo. But Sean Joseph makes – Yeah, he had the, the, the hit at the, the goal line, right? But it was right. – uh, was it Caleb Brantley in, in 18? Who made the, the goal line? I don't I'm know. Sure I was, I was standing there. Correct I, me. I, I, I've that wasn't hurricane year. What I'm talking that about. That was hurricane year. Yeah, that that also was a hurricane year. <laughs> that was a hurricane year. Um, that was. Then maybe the, I'm getting confused on years. Well, there's only been like three times that Florida and LSU haven't played in I think November, and one will be this. Or no, no, no. That's next year. I'm thinking about the next year's schedule. Um, they haven't well, we also don't play them in November this year. Right, right. They, well, it's next year. They play LSU early next year, and they normally play LSU in October. There's only been three times that Florida hasn't played. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, um, in October. Um, but it's been weird. Um, you also you have the fog, the shoe, um, not playing Kyle Pitts, which was stupid. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's a weird game. It's almost kind of like the Missouri game last week, where I said you can kind of like throw out the stats. Um, Florida, I think the biggest thing is going to be, like Silk said, containing Jaden Daniels. Um, can you, you gotta put a spy on him regardless? Because one is isn't gonna contain. I ain't mean to cut you off, Nick, but I think uh, real quick, I think you gotta spy him regardless because one isn't gonna contain. I just know that from just watching him play the last few years that he's just not gonna contain. So you you may want to just assign a linebacker to that guy. Yeah, I don't think that he's gonna. I mean, he's he's got an okay arm. Uh, you know. Obviously, he's starting for LSU, um, but I don't think that he's going to beat you over the the top a lot. I don't think he's going to connect on that that super deep pass. <laughs> we'll find but, out. Well, we'll find out. I was just going to say we're about to find out, but you know, best come alive versus us, man. These last few years. Yeah, but the Flores really got to figure out a way to, to to contain him, force you to beat you through the air instead of on the ground. Um, you know, Florida needs to get to the quarterback. I, you know, I brought it up with Jason. We were talking. Uh, LSU's offensive line has you know allowed a number of sacks this year, uh, even against not great competition. So Florida's got to be able to get to the to the quarterback, and they've they've got to make sure that they control the line of scrimmage uh, on the offensive side of the ball too. Uh, you know, Florida can't uh, you know have yards lost by sacks. They've got to make sure that they're they're continuously pushing that ball forward and you know whatever you need to do to, to get this win you know i think that we've all kind of understood that this year is going to be a little bit ugly in the way that they win but you you can't let lsu beat you by by not playing your game um and you definitely can't uh let lsu beat you by not containing Jaden daniels but i think it's a matter of what what team shows up right I think Billy, this is a big game for Billy for all Louisiana purposes that we talked about. Uh, so I'm interested to see how like they come out. They come out guns blazing. Um, they're taking a lot of shots. Like I want to see the energy of the play call because I know it's going to be a little different for this game. Yeah, and I know that uh, his former DB uh, Makai Garner is uh, is playing DB for for LSU this uh, season. I think you know some people thought that he might follow Billy Napier to uh, to Florida. Uh, he goes to the uh, the hometown school there. Uh, LSU, so so he'll be there. Obviously, some connections that Jace mentioned. Obviously, these are guys that uh, probably played against, you know, Etienne Johnson. You know, a number of other players from from Louisiana have played against these guys. So uh, I don't know how long this series will go on. I don't know when the SEC expands 
uh, here shortly if this series is going to be one of those ones that uh, that happens every year. So uh, it's always been weird going back to the uh, to the fake punts, the fake kicks, the shoe game, and everything in between. So uh, definitely a weird game usually, but uh, yeah, I like I like Florida's chances in this one. I like this game. I hope uh, I hope it stays. But I mean, you can't not have Florida play Tennessee or not have Florida play Georgia. How many design runs you think you see uh, Saturday, Nick? Uh, Forty to include the running backs. Designed design runs. Quarterback runs. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I don't know that Anthony's been great with design quarterback runs. His best runs have been when he's gone through his progression, pulled or yeah. the play is broken down, and he's made something out of nothing. When he's made chicken salad out of chicken, you know. Um, I, I don't think, I mean, there's been some plays. I think they, they tried to get him running off tackle and that's worked a little bit. Um, I just don't think he has been as good in those designed quarterback runs. And it doesn't seem like when we talked to Billy Napier and listen, I think he's always going to defend his players. Um, even if he's up there misleading you, he's going to defend his players. He keeps saying Anthony's doing well. He's recognizing when he needs to pull the ball down and run, and he's doing it when he needs to. Um, and if that's the answer and that's the truth, then I'm saying, okay, well, you need to call more design runs because if, if you're giving him an option and he's opting to throw, okay, well, take the option away. Call five. That's why I'm asking game. for call design seven. runs, baby. I just don't think he's been great when there's been design runs. His best runs have come when plays are broken down. But he's got to get out of the, like, you know, um, creating nothing nothing out of something, you know. Um, I'm sorry, something, something out of nothing. He's got to get away from that and just executing the, the design plays because while he hasn't done great at running those design runs, they were set up. They're set up nice. So he just needs to be a little bit more patient and let, let the play set up and follow the actual play. And not yeah. go all freelance and try to make something out of nothing. Just yo, just execute the play. Mm. Um, the design runs are set up. Um, we're getting linemen out and in, in, ahead of him, three, four guys. Uh, I want to see more of that um, because when he's making the decision uh, to tuck it, even the big run he made this past game, I was screaming, bro, run, run, run. <laughs> just it, You have open field. As soon as the snap happens, like the, the Red Sea parted, yeah. like right away, I was like, yo, take off. Like we need, we need to move the sticks. Um, I just want to see more of that. That that's going to keep defenses more honest. It's going to take people out of coverage to watch you. It's going to help the overall game plan and, and explosive plays if he's taking off with his legs more. Man, that's his that's his best yeah. gift. I think he needs to use it more. Yeah, yeah. LSU is not great at getting to the quarterback, so it'll be interesting to see if they're not and, and how holes open up. Uh, you know, during those those play breakdowns and everything else. But uh, you know, I think that that Florida has. Uh, done a little bit more on paper this year than LSU. Um, but it, but it should be a good game. You know, LSU obviously has a lot of talent. Brian Kelly is a, is a good coach, whether it's a, the perfect match. I, I don't know yet. I, I don't know how good LSU will be or will not be this season. Uh, they've had some, uh, some good games and some not so good games uh, as well. So, but I do think that that Florida, uh, in my opinion, uh, will win this game. And I think some of that comes down to it being a home field advantage in this game. I've got a close one, but uh, let's do a little, uh, buy or sell segment um, <laughs> as always uh, sponsored by our friends over at true classic tees visit them true classic tees t-e-e-s.com use promo code sg25 at checkout again true classic tees 
Com SG25 at checkout. Excuse me. All right. So, um, <laughs> buy or sell from last week. Let's um, talk about it. It was pretty good for everybody. Uh, will the Gators rush for 200 yards? Uh, we all said yes, and they did for 231. Man, two and seven are so good. <laughs> I think it's second and third in SEC right now. Average per carry, keep feeding them boys. But mm-hmm. two and seven, we got them blessings back again next year. Beautiful thing, man. That yeah, Montrell Johnson. <laughs> you call them blessings? Sure Montrell Johnson, uh, eight yards a carry. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's yeah, – I know it's in the top ten in the country. Uh, just I, if, if, I got you. We're going by average. Uh, Jalen Milrow from Alabama and Jameer Gibbs from Alabama lead the SEC at 848 and 831. Right behind them, Montreal Johnson at 8 and Trevor Etienne at 6.8. Oh man, yeah, Slavin's so slick with it, bro. He gets skinny in the hole. He just do veteran things as a freshman running back, man. I see what you did there, uh, uh, Daniel. Uh, pause. Uh, but yeah, I think I like I like the I like the way uh, Etn runs the ball, man. Both of those guys are very good backs, but uh, some of the, the the savviness and just pro pro ass moves and stuff that Etn doing is super impressive, man. Um, love the running running game, just run the ball more. Yeah, um, nationwide right now, Montreal is sixth overall, and. Trevor Etienne is 29th, but if you take out quarterbacks at a running back, one, two, three, four, Montreal Johnson is fourth in the country in uh, rushing average, which is uh, really, really, really good uh, for him. So uh, we all bought that, and we all got that one correct. Um, Next was Anthony Richardson accounts, whether passing or rushing, for three total touchdowns. Silk and I bought that. Nick sold it, uh, and Nick wins. I think. Double check. Facts. Yeah, we Facts. Got yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. So uh, Silk and I lose. Nick wins. Uh, Nick is two and zero oh right now. Silk and <laughs> I are one and one. Um, the segment can be called Nick wins. Well, it's funny that I you say I, that. I think Nick. I'm leading the league, man. So uh, Gators get two and a half sacks. Uh, Nick and Silk. Both sell that. Dan uh, buys that. Uh, so Dan gets that. Silk loses that one uh, along with Nick. So this segment is no longer called Nick wins. Uh, Gators get an interception. Uh, yes, they get two uh, by none other than um, Jaden Hill. Uh, we have said consistently on this show for two years, the season goes as Jaden Hill does. And by we, I mean me. Uh, last year he gets injured. Obviously, we see how that goes this season. He comes back. Gators get a W in his first game back. Two interceptions, one for a touchdown. Maybe second um, game back, to be honest. Yeah, maybe you're right. It was to say it's second start in a row. A second start in a row. Um, point still remains the same. Uh, Gators do get an interception. We all said yes. We all win that one, and we all picked the Gators to win. So for last week. Dan four and one, Silk three and two, and Nick four and one. I ain't mad at it. All right, Montreal Johnson has a Sean Alexander feel around this scrimmage. That's from John Wilcox. 
All right, boys, let's get into buy or sell for this week. Uh, the Gators rush for 200-plus yards against mm. the Tigers. Yes, sir. Mark me down for C. <laughs> C, S-I, C. Um, I'm going to go, yeah. Yeah, like if we're going to rush for 200, um, LSU's only giving up 134 a game. We're to start pressing that a little bit, man. We're going to walk out. I walk out in the stadium and get 200 rushing in a minute. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I will say yes. Um, I think Florida will run for 200 yards. Yeah, I think total they get over 200 yards. Um, all right, Anthony Richardson combines for 275 yards. That can be through the air on the ground. Um, it could be 274 yards passing in one rushing yard. It could be a more equal balance. But do you think Anthony Richardson's responsible for 275 yards right of there. total offense? Um, that's tough, bro. You go from 500 to 62 yards, like real quick. That's um, that's why we're here. Answer the tough questions. I'm gonna buy it. I gotta buy it. Why do you have to buy it? Because I'm optimistic and I got us winning this game, and we need that type of production from him still. to win. You know what I'm saying? Hmm. So I got I got 275 total yards. Yeah, he he should be able to uh, hit that. I'm gonna sell. That's not a surprise. Uh, but he'll be at like 250, like close. I think he'll have over 200 yards. Um, right. But I mean, we're coming off a we're coming off a game where he just threw for 60. Yeah, but after two games where he combined for like 900 and something. So uh, I'm going to go with that he can have even a, a pretty good game. The Gators can win. So I'm going to say yes. Uh, Montreal Johnson, we've had this question before, but we're bringing it back. Montreal Johnson and Trevor ETM combined for 70% of the carries. Just between the running backs or including Anthony's as well? Ooh, that's a tough question. I'm going to say with just in the running back. Uh, no, I'm going to say total because that's a little too easy if it's just running back. <clears throat> I've sold this every time. You have. And I've been right. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to sell it. I mean, if you include Ant as well, uh, 70% is a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm selling. I would have bought without Anthony, uh, but I sell. I'm selling. Well, it's a lot easier. There's yeah, only three of them. So even if you broke it in half, it's you know in the thirds it's sixty six. So it's just asking for one extra. I'm gonna buy um, just because I got to win some points uh, this week, and I know that they're going to. Um, Gators get an interception. Yes. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, Better pick this man off, man. I said that, and then we got an interception like the next play during the game. I tweeted that, man. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. We This is a terrible quarterback. We should be able to cause enough havoc to get some turnovers at home. It should be a loud place. Night game. We need more yeah, three games. How about that? Like, what the yeah, hell? It's been noon yeah. or 7 p.m. Right middle of the I day. Know, Give me I got to drive back to Tampa after. Jeez. Um, I yeah. forgot that uh, Ricky Pearsall is going to uh, run into his old quarterback today. Or uh, on Saturday. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe Ricky will play corner. Maybe. Maybe. Easy pick. Hey, I know that's uh, him the ball. Well, actually, he didn't do a good job of hitting Pearsall in Arizona State. So. No, nope. well, didn't do a good job of hitting anyone. 
And then do the Gators beat the Tigers of LSU on Saturday? See. Mm, si. Bye. Senor. Yeah. Florida wins. Florida wins. Um, five and two at the bye. That's not what I had them at before the season. That's a great. That's a great. We know you uh, had them what three and three. Well, there would have been seven games. Um, so what three and four? No, I think four and three. I had. I had them losing LSU and Utah, and then. Yeah, I think I had three and three. Well, well it'd, it'd be seven games. So. Or four and three. Yeah. What's y'all, what's y'all feel on uh, Georgia right now? It's overall. I'm not talking about versus us. Just like what? What is your? What is your feel on? I mean, I think I think they bleed. Um, you know, they're not a god every month, um, actually. <laughs> um, but I, I still think they are. I think there's probably five, six teams in the country that are college football playoff contenders, and Georgia's one of them. Um, yeah, no, I, I think that Georgia's pretty good. Uh, I don't think that they're unbeatable. I don't think that Stetson Bennett is having a, a great year. I think that he's been, a, been up he's and not, down. He's not a great uh, quarterback. I, well, yeah, I know that. But, you know, he had a decent year last year, you know, really broke out after JT Daniels was was sat. Uh, I, I, I do think that they're beatable. Um, I've got a take for you guys. I think right now, I don't know how this game against Alabama is going to go, but uh, I think Tennessee is is – probably a top four team in the country right now. Doesn't mean they're going to go to the college football playoffs, but I do think that they are a very good team uh, right now. They're doing what they have to. Uh, I think that USC is a pretty good team right now. Uh, I think Alabama and Ohio state are obviously good. Uh, so I, I would put Georgia with that group, but if we're talking about sec East, I think Tennessee is a little bit more talented uh, than Georgia is I right about now. Talent, on, they on, you know, uh, they're playing a little bit better right now. They are a better team on the field right now, optically than Georgia. I do think that Georgia has more talent and better like dogs, if you will, but I do I think, think Georgia, uh, different Georgia team is going to show up to play us in Tennessee. And I think the Monsters is going to come out. I think uh, the competition is going to pull out uh better, better play from Georgia. I do think they're just sleepwalking. They're on a championship uh, slumber a little bit because they are the repeat guys. So I just think eventually this season is going to click for them. But right now they are suspect. Um, Stetson is putting up similar numbers and struggling. Um, with, he struggled with Mizzou last week. He's just not being even the, the game manager that he was uh, in previous years. So um, they struggle with running the ball as mm-hmm. well. Uh, the overall offense just there's a lot to be desired. Um, they have the athletes. They have some guys that like like Nick said. He think Byers is the best player in the, in the country. Um, but I'm not seeing that on Saturdays mm-hmm. where, where they're taking over games or anything like that, man. So. Right. Um, they're suspect right now. Uh, anything I, can happen in Jacksonville in my mind. I, I do think that, you know, the thing that we've talked about on this show before is how good Nick Saban is obviously as a coach, but also in replacing coaches as they leave. You know, Georgia's obviously as they continue to get better, you know, as they continue to win, you know, their coaches are going to continue to be right. targeted. Um, and they're, you, you have turnover. And so the consistency of Alabama – to me is so incredible is not just because of Nick Saban, but because of Nick or his ability to coach his ability to, to get Can, coaching talent. And, continue and to, 
finding finding that talent. I mean, right, I mean, continue basis. to mesh, right? And so, you know, Georgia obviously had some some key offseason losses from a coaching perspective as well. So uh, I think that we all thought that Alabama would dominate everybody this season. Obviously, Bryce right. Young uh, did get hurt, so it's tough to look at the last two games or so. But I don't think that Alabama was super dominant, you know, before Bryce Young went down the way that we thought. Um, and, you know, Georgia's certainly not looking that way. So it will be, you know, interesting last half of the season. I think there's a lot of really interesting stories storylines uh this year in college football and it's not just that alabama's beating the brakes off everybody and i thought about i thought bama was gonna beat the brakes off everyone i mean saban was was cocky this offseason talking about his team and uh yeah, maybe yeah they were a weird happened. goal line play away from from texas a&m beating them right the same texas mm -hmm. a&m team that lost texas, App State well, and, they, they probably should have lost to texas yeah yeah, Bama, Bama could very easily, and that's why you yeah. play the games. I mean, I mean we're gonna we're gonna take our slim wins as well, but very, Bama could very easily have two L's right now. Yeah, I mean, and, if Ewers doesn't get hurt, right? Yeah, who knows? Suspect calls that game too. Yeah, and I mean, Texas just beat the brakes. I mean, I think on the opposite side of that is just how bad Oklahoma is this season. I think that that's Ooh, that's wild boy. to watch them lose forty nine to nothing. Um, and Texas isn't that good, right? I mean, I think Texas is, is getting better. Uh, um, Evers, man, but 49 to nothing, it's a rough shout. one, bro. That's disrespectful. What <laughs> your shout out to the Evers, yeah, just unnecessary. Nice people, that was a nice shout out. <laughs> <That's> a nice <laughs> shout out. <laughs> well, I want to disrespectful. <laughs> They went to the they went to the program that fit them the best, man. You know. Mm. Mm. Uh, let's see. Um, any other any other college football stuff that you guys want to go over before we head out of here? Nah, uh, did either of you get blocked this weekend? Did not. Nah, man. I'm cool, man. I'm pro Billy, bro. I'm Billy ain't gonna block Big me. Billy man. fan. We follow yeah, each Billy. other. Still followed by you gotta uh, be a rational fan, man. Like who? We just started all of this. Like who is that mad right now to be getting blocked by Billy? Like relax, bro. We got everybody got like all these first year coaches. Mario down there. It's uh, funny as fun as it is to laugh at Mario. Like he's gonna recruit. He's gonna get talent. He's gonna have opportunity for three, yeah. four years to prove you know if he could win or not. And Billy's the same way, dog. Like he came from G five. It's a lot of learning curves, but. It's a big picture. You gotta see. You gotta see the, the forest, man. You can't just stare at the one tree and worry about these games and the season. This is a building. This is a stepping stone, man. Um, don't lose your mind over every play call. Don't lose your mind over, over over what AR is doing. Just chill. Let the quarterback develop. Let the coach install his program, his culture, vibe out. I like the vibes Billy bringing, man. Um, if y'all block, y'all wilding out a little bit. I don't think Billy run that account either. Well, you say that, but then everyone's mad at Dan Mullen because he didn't run his account. I wasn't mad at Dan Mullen for not running his account. I don't want to run my account. <laughs> I'm ready to stop. I'm ready to stop running mine. Right. Surprise. <laughs> uh, in, uh, other news, uh, but yes, no, I'm, I am not blocked. Um, just keep up the good tweeting over here by me. Uh, UCLA six and zero. Did not think that Chip Kelly would turn it around in what year five. Uh, but uh, but doing well. Uh, yeah, he's got then, time, man. And then Clemson uh, starting to put it together. So um, definitely an interesting year in college football. But uh, let's take us out of here. Uh, I don't know who has song of the week. Is it me? I think so. Uh, so it's before me. we do it's what? Nick. 
Yeah, I just had it last week. It's neat. Okay. No more, no more sea shanties. But before we do that, uh, make sure you visit Vincero Collective. That's V-I-N-C-E-R-O collective.com. Use promo code SG25 for 20% off and free shipping. If you are looking for stylish quality, uh, watches, uh, bracelets, necklaces, uh, wallets, things of that nature uh, to really create a, a good, authentic, elevated look. Go visit VinceroCollective.com, promo code SG25. Uh, again, V-I-N-C-E-R-O Collective.com, SG25. Um, big week in recruiting. Um, for oh, Florida, big list, man. You'll, get, um, you'll get a couple good, uh, good news and a couple good notes before Saturday. Uh, and then it, you got like half a hundred. Everyone that Florida wanted uh, to come see a game, mm-hmm. wanted to see a game, will be in the stands in the south end zones this week. Um, I think Cormani's coming back. Uh, DJ mm-hmm. Lagway, that's my quarterback for 2024. That's, big, that's what I need. Yeah. Um, no, he's so. good. Um, y'all want to put a bag together? What y'all got? What Just got <laughs> uh, a Friday Miguel, Miguel, a Stady okay, Miguel okay. NIL deal. Hey, we got to figure something out, man. We got to get lag way to the swamp, fam. That boy's special. Uh, um, anybody got some tickets, man? Holler at me, man. If you got four, I'm coming in town with the fam. Um, bringing bring oh, yeah, yeah. The, the kiddos. Um, D- Dan also is tickets. on the market. Yeah, we're on the market for some tickets, man. So if y'all, y'all feeling uh, gracious and glorious. Uh, holla at your favorite podcasters, man. Um, down to pay as well, but if they're free, I'm, I'm taking free ones. Um, <laughs> um, just a couple so, of topical topical recruiting announcements this week. Uh, Bryce Thornton, uh, four-star safety, is going to be announcing his college decision at 3.15 on Thursday. Let me just pull up a little bit more about Bryce. I know he's four-star safety. Out of Alpharetta, Georgia, Milton High School, 5'10", 185 pounds. Uh, Florida, LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Miami offers. Uh, Clemson, Auburn, Texas, a lot of big schools there. Uh, Florida's been on him for a while. Uh, the on-three consensus has him ranked as a three-star, uh, but on-three themselves have him ranked as the number 27 uh, safety in the country. And then not long after that on Thursday as well, uh, from Wharton High School here in Tampa, Florida, four-star cornerback Dijon Johnson, who was previously committed to Ohio State, um, is going to announce his commitment. So again, Bryce Thornton, three fifteen on Thursday. Dijon Johnson, four o'clock on Thursday. Just to be out there. Once again, if you got a tailgate, holler at us. We moving around Stadium Miguel, Midtown, Downtown, Around Town. <laughs> if you got a tailgate, <laughs> holler at us, man. We should be hanging out with the people, man. All right, Nick, take us out with the song of the week. Um, it got to be some dads. What you got? Inst- Instagram. Well, last year I went, uh, I had the LSU pick and I went with Lil Wayne. That's um, a good one. So I'm not going to go with uh, anyone from the boot this time. Um, I got Instagram. Mar- so you're not going to go with like, you- I- <clears throat> no, I got Instagram marketed this week, but this is kind of a, a, a nice upbeat jam. Uh, it's called Common. Big Sean's on the track. Mm. And the artist I'd never heard of before, uh, Quinn XCII. Quinn 92. Rough, man. Yeah. It's Quinn 92. These names are getting a little rough. 
Quinn 92 has been around for a while. Um, yep, same guy. Uh, been around for a while. So uh, we'll take you out with uh, Quinn XCII's new song with Big Sean. <laughs> Ridiculous. You know? <laughs> We try to stay topical. We try to stay relevant. And then, Listen, bro, Rome fell hundreds of years ago. Get your numbers out of here. Yeah, man. I would have read it the same way, Nick, because I don't know who that is. I would have been like XXI. Uh, <laughs> guy's holding a wooden racket. The last time Roman numerals were used, uh, the wooden racket was still being used in tennis, too. So use the nine and the two if you want me to call you Quinn 92. I love it. All Screw right, this guy. I'm about to, I'm about to give you a little boy Saturday, man. Today. See y'all boy this same weekend. Time. On Saturday. Yes, How's sir. that sound? Beautiful. You have to post up on the corner. Hey, this outro music is my jam. Play that joint. Man. <laughs> oh, if you don't know what outro music we're talking about, not Quinn92, follow us on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe. If you're here, sure. thumbs up, comment, super chat, whatever it might be. Thank you all for following. Make sure you check out our sponsors, and we'll see you guys. I'll see you guys on Saturday, and we'll see everybody here. Same corner, same time. Next yep. week. Children, I put the faith inside our love, it's like a new religion And you didn't see me at my worst and they look at me different Could put the world against you